Welcome to The Table, a weekly podcast where we discuss relevant biblical truths and how they affect our everyday lives. On this episode, Pastor Don Castleberry will talk to us about fine-tuning our focus in prayer. He will give us insights to the Bible that are sure to enrich our prayer experiences. Thanks for joining us at The Table. Well, hey, welcome to The Table. On this episode, we're going to discover... How to fine-tune your focus in prayer. My good friend, Pastor John Sopich, is joining me today at the table. Welcome, Pastor John. Oh, man, it's so good to be back. It is good to see you, man. Uh, today, it is absolutely gorgeous as we record this. Uh, so when you're listening to this, I just pray the weather is good for you as well. Yeah, hopefully above freezing. <laughs> you have had a lot of adjustments the last few months. You got a new house. Yeah. And uh, you just celebrated not too long ago your first anniversary. Yeah, I was in quarantine. <laughs> yes. We had all these plans to go out and do something, and those were interrupted. Right. That's yeah. 2020, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... We have, uh, that's a good segue, we we have uh, discovered over the past few months um, a term that God just kind of rested in my soul recently, um, and I really didn't know what to do with this, uh, but I knew God was laying it on my heart, and there's things that God does um, in our lives when we're in prayer that is for the moment and uh, the season, and then there's things that's just always applicable and so, so today, um, we're going to be talking about um, what it means to be uh, shell-shocked and how we have to refine-tune our focus mm, in yeah. prayer. And I think this is going to be beneficial for uh, those of you that are listening today. And John's going to have great insight uh, on this topic as well. <clears throat> One of the things that I've always learned is we do not live by emotion. Um, and whenever I was a young man and I had hair actually curly <laughs> curly hair i don't believe it <laughs> <laughs> man if you see my pictures as a kid i had the curliest head of hair uh whenever i i was a young man though uh, the the guy uh who really began to disciple me when i first come to know christ uh he he taught me that in there's many seasons where we have to refine tune our focus and i think in 2020 if there's ever been a season where god is speaking to the bride it's to the church, uh, he's saying, you need to fix your focus. Mm, yeah. And uh, so, so in saying that, you know, uh, yesterday I was in some, uh, my prayer closet and, you know, it's th those times when God speaks directly to your heart in your prayer closet, but you know, it's a beneficial word that can help others as well. Those are encouraging moments of prayer. Um, have you ever had that happen in your life where God just really spoke something uh, per, you don't have to share what it was, but something personal uh, that you knew God was speaking to you in that moment. Yes. Yes, it happens. I mean, it happened throughout my relationship with God where something he'll say something and it'll light a fire in me. And it'll like I'll look at something and I'll never look at it the same because God spoke something to me. And then I, I, I find myself wanting to tell other people because just like you said, you get a word from God, and you know that it could be of uh, value to those around you. Yeah, and it's those words that often, that's where life comes from. You know, that's what contradicts 
uh, dead, dry religion. That's the life-giving uh, water that God spoke to the woman at the well. And he said, if you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's good. It, it does fuel you. One of the things uh, that God spoke to my heart yesterday was he said, uh, the church is experiencing something called sh to be shell-shocked. And I didn't fully understand what that meant. Um, so I went and I looked it up, and this is the definition of shell shock. It means to be mentally confused, to be upset, to be exhausted, fatigued, uh, due to a highly stressful or disturbing unexpected event or experience. It means to be confused uh, because of a sudden alarming experience, to be shell shocked. And what I found out was, this was actually a term that was developed during World War One. Uh, we were losing many soldiers due to uh, artillery fire and the the shock that they would experience because of artillery explosion. And they they said uh, in my reading uh, to discover what this really meant, uh, it was a reaction uh, due to the intensity and the bombardment of fighting that produced uh, helplessness appearing uh, in various different ways. So there was the fight or flight mm -hmm. uh, where soldiers would uh, experience uh, an explosion near them and they would run. And that was usually certain death um, because they didn't know where they were running to or what they was running into. Yeah. Other soldiers, it said, would uh, experience the exact opposite of that. Uh, they would be so uh, paralyzed by fear uh that they couldn't move at all. Man. And that was a uh, basically just being a standing target for the enemy. I mean, that would be rough. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, we hear about today, they actually don't call it shell-shocked. Today, they call it PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome. And a lot of soldiers, this is real. A lot of soldiers do experience this. You know, my, my own father, he was a prisoner of war. And everyone in his group, except for him and one other man, uh, uh, died in combat, uh, died in imprisonment. My dad and one other guy was the only ones that made it out of the group. Um, but my dad, for the longest time, even still today, uh, he has some stuff that he suffers from because of that. I, I remember as a kid, uh, you never snuck up on my dad to wake him up as a kid uh, because it was real. Uh, it would take him back to uh, that situation. And so we always knew when we came into a room, if my dad was sleeping, for example, uh, we would call out his name and then we would go to his feet and we would touch his feet uh, to, to like wake him up because it was a traumatic experience. Um, it says that uh, people that have shell shock, they can either have like numbness or blindness in their feeling. In other words, with blindness, they don't see clearly. Uh, and that's not just with their physical eyes. But it's saying like they they react and due to what they see immediately around them and the stress of the danger that's around them. Yeah. Um, and it could create some uh, paralysis uh, of their uh, feelings to where they have a hard time even moving. So I thought about this. And if we look at how shell shock disillusions its victims, if we look at the fact that it can cause its victims to either, either overreact or not react at all. Yep. Uh, or it can cause its victims to function out of feeling rather than the reality of what's going on around them. It's very, very dangerous. But we don't only see this, you know, in war. We also see this, I think, 
you know, man, in our everyday lives. You know, have you ever, and again, we can't, it would do an injustice to our soldiers to say, you know, well, we have experienced the fullness of what they have. But to a sense, we all experience shell shock, right? Yeah. Uh, you lose a loved one. Uh, your spouse uh, declares that they want a divorce and it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a tragic car accident. Uh, in a moment, it's a shell shock and everything has changed in your life. Yeah. Uh, we experienced this as a nation, uh, as a world. Yeah. In March, yep. when the world was shut down due to the, the coronavirus, uh, it created shell shock. People was like, what are we going to do? Buy How, all the toilet paper. Buy, <laughs> buy, right, man. <laughs> buy all the toilet paper. Hurry up. Do it. That, that still cracks me up. Uh, but but th- even that statement, think about that. Like, people was reacting and they was doing something unrational that was really not life-sustaining. No. Right? <laughs> they was making a decision based on the moment and the feeling and the panic. Yeah. And, and the chaos of everything that was around them. And we all do this. And if you've never experienced a shell shock moment in life, you will. Yeah. You know? Uh, John, I know you, today you're going to share with us just a couple of those that you've walked through, you know, and and how that's shaped you. Whenever I think of shell shock, before we go there, though, uh, I think it's in moments like this where we must reset and refocus. Uh, in essence, we must fine-tune our focus and we must laser in on what is true. Um, the worst thing we can do is react because reaction is, is either overaction or not action at all. And Jesus tells us we're not to react as believers, we're to act. And so what we see with this is the military, of course, how I told you, uh, they recognized this in world war one. We was losing soldiers by the hundreds and, uh, they was young men and they had never experienced war before. Uh, due to the explosion and the chaotic environment, they would step onto the shore of a new nation, a new land, and uh, the artillery fire was so intense. Uh, we were losing so many soldiers that during World War One, our military recognized it was an issue, and they said, we have to do something different. And so they created the term shell shock. And what they did was they, they had to retrain the soldiers to where... They, they would know they're going into a traumatic experience. And uh, whenever they did go into the traumatic experience, they would remind the soldier, this is what you've been trained for. Don't function on your feelings. Function on your training. You know, and, and we see this in levels of the military today. You know, uh, I think of my cousin who went through the Marine Corps and the intensity of the training was insane. Like, I could not make it through that, man. Uh, I'd be the guy ringing the bell, tapping out. Uh, but the the intensity was so entra- uh, so trained and ingrained in him because they wanted him to know you may experience this. And when you do, you have to know you've been trained for this moment. Yeah. Um, it works so well in the military that uh, pilots in aviation, they begin to apply this, and they would teach the, the new pilots uh, trust your instrument, not your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because your eyes may deceive you. you. You may be seeing a mirage, something that's not real, but you think it's real. Trust your instruments. you know. And then uh, in aviation, then it went to um, the sea right? and ships. 
and they would tell their uh, captains when they're going through training to learn how to to captain a vessel the big advice they always give them is don't panic in the moment mm. and so i take these three things and 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 uh i got a couple questions for you but i take these three things and i think of this as a believer and what i take away is one just like the military Whenever we are shell-shocked as believers, and you will be, it's in the Bible. God said he suffered, we shall suffer. You're going to have intense moments that's so real, it feels like you're alone and you don't know what to do. And what we can learn from these three things is this. Number one, always go back to the training. Don't function on our feelings. Number two, we can learn to trust our instrument, the Word of God, uh, and not live by just what we think is right or what our opinion is in the moment. Don't react. So go back to your training. Trust your instrument. And then lastly, I would say, is uh, we just have to remember not to panic in that situation. Panic uh, just adds to the chaos. Yep. You know, and it's so easy for us, even in this season of uh, COVID-19, to give all of our opinions but we're not the ones making the decision. The people above us, sometimes they see things we don't see. And whether we agree with their decision or not, we're in the vessel with Christ. And he's yeah. got us. He's going to take care of us. So in your own life, John, man, just talk to us real quick. I know you had shared with me, uh, you've lost both of your parents. Mm -hmm. And you're a young man. How old are you? I'm 29. 29. And you've lost <laughs> both of your parents. Yeah. Uh, just walk us through. Those are shell shock moments, man. Yeah. Uh, what you did right and what you did wrong, uh, just for a few minutes, uh, with with that. Well, basically, what you've said about what shell shocking would be to a, a soldier or to a believer was what was for my whole life. You know, my mom, she was constantly moving. Something would go wrong with a relationship or with something, someone, the work, and we would move. We had moved twice in one year and would not finish a grade my elementary wow. school years because she was always running from something or running to something. Um, she doesn't always not really knowing where to go. Uh, and uh, so I, that's kind of how I was trained. I was trained to react that way. And, but just kind of just one of you said, I lost my mom and I lost my father, but I, I remember when, how, how, just real quick, how, how much of a time difference was it between when you lost your mom and your dad? That was three years. Three years? Yeah. Right. So, man, like, those are traumatic, life-changing yeah. experiences. Yeah. Like, my mom, I talked to her on a Tuesday night. She said, I love you. I'll call you tomorrow. And um, I said, I love you too, Mom. Talk to you tomorrow. Um, I got a call from her number, but it was my grandmother saying, hey, you need to come say goodbye to your mom and for me it was i just shell-shocked right i fell to my knees in the middle of a restaurant that i was managing kitchen i was managing i fell to my knees hit my hit my knees and i never went back to that place um and uh my friend and he and it, he drove me there because i was just i wasn't i wasn't just that crippling paralyzed fear yeah. of of I was just blinded to my reality. I'm like, is this really real? Like I was so confused, and you know, I went there and saw my mom laying there and kissed her goodbye, and she was just cold. And 
I remember from that moment, uh, all of a sudden, everything that I was learning with God and everything I, I learned in the Bible, and this is outside of ministry college, this is outside of this, it all was, it, it was gone for me because I, Okay, so, so a question with that. So did you have a mentor that was speaking into your life at that moment? In that moment? Yeah. No. And if they were trying to talk to me, I was ignoring them. Oh, wow. Because I wasn't, because I took it emotionally that yeah. God hated me, that God wanted my mom dead. He was punishing me. Yeah. Even though it is clear throughout the word that God does not do that and God does not. I wish the worst on anyone. Right. And he wants none to perish. He wants all to be saved. He loves and God gave his son for all the world. But I, in my emotion, in trying to make sense of what just happened, I came to this illogical conclusion that God was mad and God, yeah. that God turned his back on me, that God forsaked me and all of these things. And then all of a sudden, my world would exploded and I started turning to the world for answers. And I ended up not only hurting myself, but I hurt a lot of people along the way as well. That's so good, man. Like, uh, the reason I ask if you had a mentor is because a lot of the time when you are shell-shocked like that, you know, and you're going through those moments in life, and I know you as a young man, um, you're still a young man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I, know, uh, I know that uh, it's in those moments I love what you said. You know, it was everything just kind of disappeared that you had learned. Yep. Um, it's in those moments we need a friend, a mentor around us, yeah. a pastor, uh, a friend who can fine-tune our focus and give us compassion and empathy, but also reality. Yeah. Because it's in those moments, you know, uh, we can make terrible decisions Based oh, yes. on feeling rather than truth. In my life, I remember, man, um, I've, I've had a battle with my health, but I, I uh, for years, uh, 15 years, I've been battling uh, a disease. And, and I remember there was one point, it was just really low. Uh, I'd been in the hospital for a really long time. Nothing was changing. The report just coming, kept coming back worse and worse and worse. And yeah. my mentor, uh, Pastor AB, he came into the room. And I'd been in the hospital quite a few weeks at this time. And he looked at me, and I'll never forget this. This is a man of God entering the room. Uh, he, he, he comes in, and he looks at me, and I, I start to say something, and he says, shut up. <laughs> and I was like, what? I needed to shut up before my life. Right. Yeah, yeah. We, we need people to go. And what he did was he said, God gave me a word for you. And he just started speaking truth back into my life. That took me from emotion in this moment yeah. and fine-tuned me. Mm -hmm. He said, it's okay that you have these feelings, but we got to function on truth right now. So real quick, you said uh, you was rejecting counsel. You wasn't listening. Yeah. Um, with all of that, I'm imagining you made some pretty poor decisions. And you don't oh, have to get into yeah. the details of what they Absolutely. were. Absolutely. I completely started ruining my life i replaced the presence of god with the presence of alcohol yeah the presence of of drugs although it wasn't many but i still tried uh the presence of women the presence of money i i tried it all i i was yeah. like anything and everything i'll take it and because 
I was just mad at God because God forsaked me. But nowhere in the word does God said he ever forsake me and he ever turns his back right. on me. That he loves me. That he would chase me down and, and rescue me. But, uh, yeah, I just, I began hurting not only myself, but I was hurting my friendships. I lost a lot of friends. I hurt lots of um, other, like, just uh, relationships. That were so whenever I, th- I think of that, not to interrupt you, but when I think of that, I think of, like, a soldier who steps and a landmine goes off near him, and it causes him to take off running through a, a series of landmines. Yeah. And they that's the worst thing you can do because then it starts blowing up everything around you. Yeah. Uh, you think that's pretty accurate as far as... Yes, absolutely. Being around me, it would, it would be like a, a bull in a china shop. I mean, I'd make a decision and I'd knock cups off the shelf like i was constantly bumping into people um either making their lives more complicated or more frustrating or or constantly weighing them down or or wanting them to to follow me into my own uh depression and my own alcoholism like i was wanting people to come with me so was it any different so you talked about this is when you lost your mom was it any different when you lost your father you know, the shell shock was still just as real. It was, even though my, me and my father, we were not close at all. He was he was not a father growing up, wow. like in the sense of being there. But I still, eventually, he, he ended up giving his life to Christ. And our, our, our relationship was mended and God healed that. But then he died. And that's what happened with my mom. My mom, she got a relationship with God and then she died. And then my dad, he got a relationship with, his, with him and then he died. And, but the thing is, is it was, like, I was shell shocked. I, I remember saying, just getting that text that your dad, he's gone. Um, today was his last day. And I remember, and I remember, but instead of running away and running away from everyone else around me, I actually ran to, oh, wow. that happened. I, instead of going to work, instead of doing anything like that, I called off work. I said, Hey, I Something just happened. I just need to go and get into the house of God. And I need to get around, like, you. I Actually, I spent time with you yeah. um, during that season um, in that room. But I remember I went in there, and I just wanted to go into prayer and worship. Because I didn't know uh, what to do other than I needed to be around him. I needed to be around my father. That's good because that's what we were talking about. You was at that moment, you was going back and you was relying on your training rather than just your feelings. And part of that probably, you know, could have been, even though it was a shell shock, you had been there before. Yeah. You recognized the season, you know, and I think that's one of the things we're called to do as we mature as believers is we're to... We're to benefit from past experience. We're not to make the same mistakes at 60 we made at 30. Yeah, because right? I, I could have made that a victim situation. God, sure. you're doing this to me again? Yeah. I thought, I thought you know, you're changing my life around, God. Like, I'm I'm doing all these things, and God, I'm not doing this. And, and why are you punishing me? I could have went there again. But because of my past experience and what God taught me through the, lo- the loss of my mom and that, that season of those yeah. dead times, God showed me that when that happened, like, after that day, yeah, I still have, you know, 
Father's Day is still yeah. kind of hard, you know, his birthday, you know, those types of things. He has the same name as me, so when someone says my name sometimes, I remember him. And uh, sometimes those things will come back to me, but it's the fact that when those when that happened, I didn't lose ground. Yeah. Uh, Don, I didn't lose ground at all. I actually, instead of losing ground, I was actually encouraged knowing that what God is doing in my life and in his life and what I can do from here um, and how I can help the family on that side of the family. How can I be, a, how can I help them? Yeah. Uh, and help them when everyone, like you say, in shell shock, the people that are around me that are in shell shock. Uh, how can I bring peace and love and how can I bring God's presence into the situation? My focus is completely different comparatively. And so rather than hurting people, you help heal people. Absolutely. Because of your experience. Yeah. Well, hey, we're going to take a break for just a second. But when we come back, uh, I want to share just a couple stories with you. Uh, but before we go to break, I would just add to this. This is why we need godly men and women speaking into our lives. Because you will not just be shell-shocked once. You'll be shell-shocked many times over oh, yeah. the journey. And we must learn and grow from that. I, I'm reminded of men that's spoken in my life like uh, Jim Jacks, Doug Carter, uh, A.B. Bennett, uh, Quentin Beard. Um, I'm just thinking of a few. Dobie and John Weasel. Uh, close friends and mentors who, when you're going through traumatic experiences... They help fine-tune our focus. And so that's what we're going to be talking about when we come right back in just a moment. Stick with us. To dive deeper and grow more spiritually, check out Pastor AB's blog, Be The Tree Devos. You can find his blog on BeTheTreeDevos.com. Well, hey, welcome back. Uh, again, we're talking about fine-tuning your focus in prayer. Pastor John was just talking to us about uh, some shell shock moments he experienced in his own life with the loss of both his mother and his father. Um, the, we talked about how we are to told uh, and taught um, to turn to our training and not our feelings. We're taught to trust in our instrument and not to panic. So three things I... I would like for you to pick up real quick um, and take away from this episode is this. Number one, we're taught to train. You know, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, be not conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We as believers are not to live as victims and make excuses. Yes, absolutely. We as believers, man, are called to train with the word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15, we're to study to show ourselves uh, approved the workmen that need not be ashamed. we got to know how to handle the Word of God. And we got to believe yeah. the Word of God works. And the, reali yeah. the reality is, man, until we go through a test, all you do is have hope. But once you've gone through that, I loved what you said uh, before the break. Once you go through that, it changes the way you handle that the second time if you're training correctly with the Word of God. Yes, absolutely. The second thing we see, you know, is we're told to trust in the Word of God. And we see this in uh, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not part of your heart. And it says, Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. 
So when you're shell-shocked, you've got to go back to the Word of God. You've got to trust in the Word of God. And you've got to trust the fact that He's going to lead you in the safe path to get you out of the situation rather than cause a bunch more damage to you and those around you in the situation. And John, you alluded to that, um, that you handled your father's death totally different totally than your different. mother's death. Um, and it also, when you trust in the word of God, it changes your perspective. So how did you look at when you lost your dad? And you, now you can reflect back because it's yeah. been just a little bit. Now, even now, when you look back at those explosive moments in your life, how has it changed your perspective? Man, it just, it gives you a confidence because it's one thing to trust and believe in the word, but to experience God's word is a whole nother, it's a whole nother ball game. Now, um, for instance, literally the, the following uh, that happened, I believe it was on a Thursday, that following Sunday, I was involved with a prayer team and uh, and uh, someone came up and they needed, needed prayer for something and they said they just lost their uh, their father. And I literally just lost my father like three or four days prior to this conversation. And I was able to sit up there and testify that, hey, I just lost my father. And this is what God has for you in this moment. And this is what he can do for you. And it was, and they in that moment of shell shocking where they came up broken and crying and, and they, I mean, they were uncontrollable. They were, yeah. you know, they were, they were a mess and just being able to look at them and know and be able to tell them, Hey, I know, and I've been through this and this is the, this is what God says. This is how God will take care of you. And so how has that uh, been a benefit? Have you saw that God has been able to use that as a benefit uh, to help others get through some of the same traumatic experiences. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways that it's that it shaped me. Um, like, f for instance, just for just in just one little aspect of how it's helped me is knowing that, you know, although my my earthly father isn't here on earth, that my godly father who is here and who's in heaven, both inside of me and in heaven is actually there guiding me and directing me and being my father. It showed me a new um, dependency on him for, I know that when things are going south, that I, if I just turn to him, if I just shut all the voices of the world off and I turn to him in my Bible, in my prayer time with my mentors, yeah. I know that I can find answers and find truth. That's good. The last thing that we see with this, now I want you to close in speaking on this. Uh, I want to I want to give this uh, point though. So number one was to train. Number two is to trust. And you just taught us how it affects those around you, and how it's going to change them to learn how to train with the Word of God mm -hmm. and and not trust their feelings, but trust Him as their Father, even when it's painful, because feelings are real. Yeah. You you I guarantee you. You still probably have times where you get in your feelings when you think about your parents. Yeah. You know, I, I, I lost my my uh, my own mother uh, whenever I was just a few months old. Never knew her, um, and I could get in my feelings on that. 
But the reality is God gave me a great stepmother. I actually call her my mom. She's the only mom I've ever known. Who I would not be where I'm at today, you know, had she not come into my life. She's been one of the greatest blessings in my life. Um, and so as our perspective changes, we realize why we can trust God. We can trust him because of what you said. I love what you said uh, you not on the, this episode, but me and you, we was talking one time and you said, you viewed before that God took your mom from you yep. and you said, why didn't you heal her? But now you can look back and realize he did heal your mom. He healed yeah. your dad yeah. and he didn't take them from you. He took them to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the last thing we see is uh, Matthew uh, 9.22. We're told to take courage so number one we're taught to train number two we're taught to trust number three we're taught to take it takes courage man to continue to walk and this is why i'm very careful that i don't judge people by the story the chapter of their story i walk in on um everyone's story is different and it makes sense yeah. once you get to know their story that's very true and so what does that look like for you whenever it comes to taking courage in the father yeah um i would say definitely <laughs> um when you go when you come from you know you come from a situation where how i grew up i didn't have necessarily the most godly of parents yeah. or even good influences more destructive than not um you know there's moments in my life where I could look back and say, well, I was never taught how to be a father. How can I look at myself as a becoming a father? Right. Or I can say I was never looked at become uh I never had a good, you know, my mom never had a great husband. How will I be a good husband? There's moments where um I could look back at everything I've gone through and I can just be like, like, woe is me, you know, like I, you know, I was dealt a bad hand and you know i guess this is just life throw up my hands but instead i changed that with the help of my mentors and with the help of people yeah. around me i changed that to i took courage to believe god is who he says he is and he means what he's what he says he means and it's so it's so easy man when we look at this it's so easy to judge someone else because it looks like they lack courage you know, if there's anything we've learned through even this COVID season, everybody acts like they have so much courage until there's the opportunity for COVID to be knocking on their door, right? Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, and, and and it's not judging that because it's realizing it's a natural feeling. Fear is natural. Fear is actually uh, an opportunity for us to trust in the Lord. Uh, fear is an opportunity it's an emotion that's real that I believe um, in some situations, and I pray that the listeners would hear my heart on this, but in some situations can be healthy, you know, um, but it's how we handle it. Yeah. You know, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. And what that means is he's not given us a spirit to walk around fearing. Yeah. Uh, but what he has done He's given us the understanding that some fear is healthy. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom. And yeah. so that's a healthy fear. And so so it 
It is learning to take courage. And I believe in order to take courage, we have to have two things. Number one, we have to have fortitude. And uh, sorry, I was scrambling around here at the table. I was looking because I had this definition and I can't find it. And so I, I looked it up. It's Fortitude is defined as uh, courage uh, in pain or adversity. Courage in pain or adversity. And so I think of my own experience with this. Like I said, with the disease that I fight, there's nights where I'll be up through the night in extreme pain. But it takes courage to go, I'm pushing the pain down because I'm going to take courage and stand on what God said. I remember, man, I was going to preach one time uh, at a church. And I was preaching that night on healing. And I had been fighting this disease all day. And it was excruciatingly painful. And I pulled into the parking lot. And I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, If you never get to experience your healing on this side of heaven, would you still believe that I'm a healer? And I went to the back of the parking lot and I just began to weep. And I said, your word is not based on how I feel. And I will not preach your word based on how I feel. I'll preach your word on what I know. That took courage. That took fortitude. And so if you're going to do anything for, for God, you have to have fortitude. Uh, the guy that uh, I come to know the Lord through, uh, Doug Carter, he taught me this, man. He said, fortitude is guts and a backbone. He said, if you're going to do anything for God, you're going to have to have some guts and get a backbone. You cannot wear your emotions on your sleeve. You cannot. Yep. And, and so that's not just for pastors. That's for believers. Yep. Because people's going to come at your emotions and they're going to try to get you in your feelings but you have to have guts and a backbone you have to have fortitude number two you have to have resilience resilience is defined as the ability to bounce back from tragedy or unexpected events it's the ability i would say to bounce back from being shell-shocked right so you see people they get stuck and they have a hard time moving forward once they've experienced an extreme experience, even what you've been through, I love what you said. You could have chose to live as a victim and stayed there, but you allowed God to grow you that you could help others get through the same season as well. Yeah. So good. It so, wasn't easy, but it was definitely worth it. So if uh, in closing today, man, if there's somebody out there and they're listening, what we, we've taught them today, uh, when, when, everything breaks around you and it seems like everything is going south pause don't panic somebody needs to hear that pause don't panic go back to your training trust in the word of god your instrument and you're going to have to take courage to do the right thing hey john would you do me a uh, a quick favor as we close this thing out today and just pray for somebody that it just seems like their world has just fell apart or something extreme has just happened to them. And they're going through a shell shock moment. Would you just pray for them today? Absolutely. Father, I just come to you guys. Thank you that we're two or more gathered. There you are amongst us. And Lord, I just thank you that you are who you say you are. No matter our circumstances, no matter the wind or the waves that crash against our own boat that we experience that are very real, that aren't fake. They're not made up. God, these these are real experiences. Our our boats are rocking, God, and we're not, we're uncertain. But Lord, we thank you that we can call on you and you could bring peace to the storm. You can cause the wind and the waves to, to be still. 
just by the sound of your voice, Lord. And right now, God, with the, the man or woman who is listening to this podcast that has their their world, it feels like the bottom is coming out from underneath them. It feels like they had this beautiful, uh, this beautiful city or this beautiful fortress, and then all of a sudden it begins to crumble around them, and it's and it comes into desolation. God, I thank you that just like you found my life, and just like you found the lives of everyone else, yeah. that you start with those ashes, you start with that 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 um, destruction of life, God, and you give us a new life, and you yeah. give us a new hope. And you're the restorer, you're the redeemer. God, I thank you that you are with us, God. I thank you, God, that whenever we go into these times or, or we're in these situations, God, that all we have to do is sit at, sit at the table with you and listen and learn. God, just because we can feel the breath of the enemy breathing down our necks and just yes. because we can see the fight around us doesn't mean that we are, are failing or doesn't mean that we will never win or recover. It just means that, that we are sitting at the table in the midst of our enemies, God. I thank you that you have us protected, God. And you are who you say you are. You're either 100% God or you're yep. not. That's and God, right. I thank you that I have experienced God. And so is Don. We've both experienced you to be 100% God 100% yes. of the time. And Lord, I thank you that we, we, we rise up and we take courage and we take comfort knowing that you are good and that you work out all things for the good of those that love you. And Lord, I thank you, God, that although we may not understand it in the moment, God, I thank you that we, we have revelation, God, of, of what is happening. And you give us wisdom to guide through any season in our life. Bring peace and bring comforting mm -hmm. to, our, to our spirit or to our soul. That we would be still and we would know that you are God. That you are ultimately in control, Lord. That the sun doesn't rise with, unless you say it rises. And our lungs don't pump oxygen unless you say it pump oxygen, Lord. We trust in you. All of our stock and everything we are is found in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, the takeaway today is uh, pause, but don't panic. Train, trust, and take. And that's how you fine-tune your focus in prayer. It's getting alone with God and asking him to take you back to what you've been trained to do. To allow you to trust him to get you through it. And sometimes... It takes all the courage inside of you to ask God to give you courage to get through it. Shell shock experiences are very real, you know, and, and that's why my friend is here at the table. It's they're real moments when something comes out of nowhere. It doesn't diminish the moment, but, but how we get through it is determined on how we react to it. And so as always, it's been a blessing, Pastor John, having you here at the table today. Oh, it's been fun. And we will have you back here soon again. Well, hey, as I said, that's all the time we got for this episode right here at the table. Uh, I hope you've been blessed by this episode. And if you have, would you do two things? One, hit the subscribe button if you're not a subscriber. And two, share with a friend who's going through a shell shock moment of their own. And until next time, we'll see you right back here at the table.